digital marketing. You can do it from your kitchen table. Okay, welcome back to the Marketing Playbook presented by Details Interactive. Here you'll take away three game-winning marketing plays every episode to take back to your team. I'm your host, Mark Friedman, and my career has been focused on direct-to-consumer marketing, direct mail, physical retail, and digital commerce. This is episode number 20, and today's guest is Patty Hughes, founder of Natural Life. Before we get started, a quick thank you as always to Max Brandstetter of the Wild Business Growth Podcast for producing this episode. You can reach him at max at hippodirect.com to help bring your podcast to life. Let's open the playbook. Ready, break. Well, hello, everyone. Thank you for joining the Marketing Playbook Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Patty Hughes, the founder, president, and chief creative officer of a wonderful brand called Natural Life. Patty, thanks for joining me today. Well, thanks for having me. This is fun. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to uh, getting to know you a little better and, and having you know the listeners uh, know what Natural Life is all about. You know, at the, at the top here, I didn't describe the brand. Can you give us a quick uh, description of how you view the Natural Life business? Natural Life, we love what we do and we make the things that we make because we love to inspire people to live happy. So everything that we make either makes us really happy because we want it in our own lives or we know that our customers love it. So, and that's what keeps us going more than just business and sales and all of that. We just really love connecting with our customers and making them happy and hearing their comments and making them love our stuff. So I, I see that the tagline of the business, and we're going to come back to you know your your backstory, but um, the the tagline is "Give, Love, Laugh." That just makes you smile, doesn't it? Yeah, and you know it's funny. I came up with that so long ago when I was trying to figure out what you know what a tagline should be. And at the time, we were working with a consultant who told us we needed one. I'm like, oh, okay, well, let's let's make one. And they they came, they gave me a hundred and different ones that they came up with, and I'm like oh, I don't like any of them. And so I spent like a couple of hours by myself thinking of things and, and I came up with that one and I liked the periods because it's really, it sums up what the brand is all about. And that was, in the, that was way in the beginning and it's still exactly the way it is now. And then right. our other longer tagline is, I guess we, we, they call it the elevator pitch. That was another hard one. Like how can you sum up what you do and why? And it's, we love to inspire people to give and live happy. Yeah, that's great. Especially, uh, so we, we are recording this uh, at the uh, latter part of August, uh, 2020. Uh, we've obviously been in five months of uh, pandemic and quarantining and all. How are you and, and your family and your coworkers uh, doing through all of this? It's actually been quite a blessing for us in many ways. And I, and the first one, I would say, when it first happened, we all stayed home and everyone was quarantining. My, I have three daughters. They're between 19 and 23, and they all came home from college and wherever they were working. And I felt like, I, and I gave all of my employees the message that Natural Life is a, a healthy, strong company. We're all going to be fine. Everyone just buckled down and worked from home. And our IT department got everyone set up so quickly. We didn't miss a beat with anything, with any position. And that was 
really pretty rewarding and just exciting because we are having fun, just still doing what we normally do. And then on a personal level, having my daughter's home and, and just slowing down a little bit, it was magical. I have, I recently moved into an oceanfront house, which is the first time I've ever spent a lot of my natural life profit. Um, and it was perfect timing to just be living on the beach and the beaches were closed. So I basically had the beach to myself and something pretty amazing happened. We just the family connected. We started eating together. We are slowing down and talking. It just like was exactly what we needed. Almost the world needed. At least I'm spoiled. I feel like there's so many people that were struggling. And, and then over time, you know, we realized that product development and the creative side of things, we kind of needed to get back in the office. So a small group of us are now working in the office because we're we make a lot of product and almost every month we have new products coming out. So we've been in the office. Um, there's about 30 of us in there, maybe a little less and um, making the product. And also uh, some of the other departments are in there. There's about 10 of us that make the products. So we're in there doing that so that we can keep having a company and um, support, you know, the future. But what the other thing that we found is a lot of our positions actually work better remotely. We were from Jacksonville, Florida, which is the largest land city in the country. So a lot of our employees drive, have to drive really far to our office. So it's been a blessing for many positions where they don't have to drive 30 to 45 minutes to the office and they're getting more done at home and it's, they're happier, their work-life balance is better. So we're learning we probably don't need as big of a corporate office as we thought. And our lease is coming up, so that's gonna change our plans there. Yeah, it seems like there's a lot of that uh, that has happened to many businesses that we've spoken to. So before we we talk about uh, natural life and the products and the creative and the imagery, um, you know, this was a business that I had not known previously. Um, we were introduced through a, an industry friend a few months ago, uh, and I've been you know so impressed. That's why I wanted to have you you know as a guest. But let, let's talk about you know, what what's called your first story, your background. You know, on your site, you talk about um, your upbringing. Um, we'd love to hear a little bit about that and, and how it kind of played into you developing the natural life business. A while ago when I wrote our About Us, uh, it's kind of hard to put the whole story. It's hard to write the whole story, but I, I spent some time thinking about it. And, and it really starts from the beginning with me growing up with a mother who loved to make things. She was always crafting and painting and building little furniture pieces. And she would go to these little craft shows and she would be the star of the shows. And so as I was growing up over the years, I'd come home from school and I'd have to pound on the, on the floor so that she knew I was home and she'd stay down in the basement, just still making things. And she'd come up just in time to make us some dinner with a paintbrush behind her ear and sawdust in her, in her hair. And it just, it was how we grew up. And I remember coming, going to her little craft shows, her sisters would come to town and it was like the best week of my childhood every year because they would all be there and they would all be having so much fun helping her. We would go to the craft shows and we would get to go as well and hang around and run around the whole building, finding candy in the different booths. But I was always so proud of my mom because her booth was exploding with people waiting in line to buy her things. And she would sell out in like the first couple of days. So just growing up with that was so, I think was the deepest root of roots of natural life because I watched my mom have a business in the basement of our house and she made all the products and she sold them and she just had so much, so much fun doing it. But I didn't really 
you know, it wasn't like I'm, I'm going to go do that myself. So I went, I went to college and, you know, I was very independent. I worked for Hallmark cars right out of college, um, as a, a sales rep and they transferred me to Jacksonville, Florida. That's where I live now. And I'm from Kansas city where Hallmark's based. And they did a good job with like a lot of the business training. I was in like a training program and I did quite well there cause I'm fast and I like to just get things done. And so I got promoted several times, but got bored pretty fast. Not pretty fast. I would say after like five years, I was like kind of bored, but um, loved living in Florida. I started taking up the hobby of taking pictures, black and white pictures. And I would love to take all these fun pictures that I like of things that I like and my um, silly things, like everything from my Birkenstocks on the beach or Adirondack chairs or words written in the sand. Like I would write words like I love you and the waves would come up and wash the words away. And I would try to capture the picture right before the waves would come. And that was my favorite thing to do. And I would frame those all different sizes. Long story short is people started wanting to buy the pictures on my wall, but I was thinking that I wanted to be a natural life photographer where I could take pictures of people. Cause all of my pictures had, if people were in them, they were all candid pictures of people enjoying life. And so I thought, well, I can be a natural life or I can be a photographer and name my company natural life photography. I started thinking about doing that. I even came up with a little logo and before I even had my first customer, that's what I was meaning earlier when I said that people wanted to buy my pictures that I would frame for myself they wanted to buy them from me. So I realized, well, I can be a different kind of photographer. I can just take fun pictures and frame them and make different products with them. And that could be my business. And since I had learned kind of about trade shows through my work with Hallmark, it helped me understand that I could just go do that. So I put in my notice and I went to the Atlanta trade show with some of my fun little framed prints and different things that I had. And and then natural life started. So that first trade show I went to, I did like $10,000 in sales, which was so much. And it was so exciting. Um, and that was kind of you know, how it all started. But I, I forgot to tell you that the things that my mom would make growing up, everything that she made had words on them. So I grew up with sentiment and quotes and words that she would put on all of her things. And she made everything from a little wooden plaque to stencils that people would buy, um, little trunks and tables. And, and she even made greeting cards, but everything she painted and built and made had words of some sort. And so I would hear her say things like friends is the, is what everybody wants. Everyone wants a sentiment with friends. So I didn't realize how much my mom's business and, and the words that she put on things like seeped into my head as well as working for Hallmark because that's all sentiment based as well. Well, yeah, it's, it's so interesting that you're talking about that with your mom and then you say you go to Hallmark. Was there some relationship there? I mean, were you no. inspired to go work at Hallmark because no, of all this? I should have told you. Um, I was actually hired. I mean, I was a marketing major. I was hired to be a telesales rep and I was calling on the ambassador brand accounts, which was grocery stores. So it was not, you know, when I say I worked at Hallmark, people think, oh, she works in the art department or the product development department. No, I was like, I was like the lowest. I mean, we were in, we were hardly even on the Hallmark campus. I was like in the tell sales department, which was not necessarily the most grand title, but 
I did well in there and, and well enough to be promoted and transferred to Jacksonville, Florida. When I saw that it was on the beach, I realized, oh, I'll do that. I'm from Kansas. That sounds like a fun adventure. So I've never been nervous for change or, you know, new adventures. So it's kind of a, a random mixture of different um, experiences, but the deepest root is my mom's business. Right. That's great. So, you know, one of the things I, I find interesting about you is, you know, you're one of those people who has been able to follow their passion and turn what might have been a hobby and a, and a strong interest into a business that's very inspiring. You know, was that something that, you know, you kind of sat back and said, yeah, this is a good natural progression for me based upon my creativity and all? You know, Mark, I wish I was that <laughs> organized. Um, it it happened so so just organically, I didn't know that it was that making things and having this business would be my passion. But when I, when I started making the products and people wanted to buy them, I remember my first little craft show that I'd put together or that I went to, and it's, I still live in the same town. I, I went there 25 years ago and set up a little card table with my little keepsakes that I'd framed. And they sold out within an hour. One of the buyers, um, one of the customers was a buyer for a store locally. And she called me the next day and said, can you make me 40 of these? I want to put them in my store. And I worked so hard making them all. And I had to develop every single picture. So all the black and white pictures that I would take, I, they were from like before digital pictures. So I had to develop the film and then I would develop the photos. And each picture that I framed was an actual real picture that I developed. So it took me forever to make the 40, but it was so fun to watch them sell. And of course I had like the lowest price point ever. I sold them for $10 or something like that. They probably cost me $10 to make, but um, it, I just felt like that's the price they needed to be. So that's how, that's the other thing that I learned is that that price point is, was so magical in the gift industry to have like something that's got quality and meaning from the heart to have that kind of price point was kind of a magical thing. Of course, I learned how to make them for a lot less than what I was making them in the beginning. So describe, you know, for those people that don't know Natural Life and it's naturallife.com, um, when you get to the site, there's color, there's lots of product, there's broad categories. Paint that picture for us of, of what your goals are, you know, when you, you're creating product, you're creating the messaging. You know, give us that picture. Okay. Well, I would say that I'm half business, half creative. All of the products that we make start from my head. And they're either something that I love or something I want in my life, something I need in my house, or something my daughters would like in their house, something that I hear that my mom or sister loves, but I don't really like the way it looks. So I make it to so everything we make may be already out there. So a lot of them are everyday things, but then I make it, make it to where I want it. So I call it, we call it, we natural life it. Um, so we have a very distinct look. In fact, I think most products know the look of our product more than the name, which is kind of a proves that I'm not necessarily the best like brand maker. I can make it, I need to do more branding. So people say, look at that natural life product. Just like you, you'd never heard of it. We're still pretty much undiscovered, but mo a lot of people, maybe more women than men, recognize the product because they see it out in the gift, in the, in the gift stores around the world. 
Um, and it is recognizable, but we need to work on branding it so people know it's natural life. But we, I love making things that, that we want and that I want, I guess I should say. And then I also love looking at, at the data. I created this little bestseller report, you know, way, way early on that helped me look at which products brought in the most dollars, which products sold the most, meaning they were the most popular, which products when they added and when you add them together, it makes the, you know, the most difference. And when you add more of these, do they grow sales? So I would, I would like look at that report all by myself and come up with what we needed to make. And then I would say 40% of my time was always working on something new. What, what else can we make? What else can we make? So I have this like I call it my inspiration cove where I have tons and tons and tons of ideas of things that we can make. And it's just endless. I mean, all I have to do is go to Walgreens even. I can get inspiration <laughs> there. I can get inspiration, you know, on my vacation. Sometimes it's hard for me to turn it off because it's so fun to come up with different things to make. So, and then recently, you know, my, my daughters are older now. We, I used to make things for babies. I used to make things for, you know, little girls. So I can tell that as, my life evolves, the product line evolves. And now we're really into clothes because I love to make clothes I want to wear and I have a hard time finding clothes that I like. I'm really picky. So I love making clothes I want to wear. It's been hard. We've only been doing it for about three years. We had to work out the kinks. I would ha I have to say I, I've learned a lot of things the hard way. And Mark, you're, I'm always trying to learn. You're, you're one of the people that I called when I was trying to learn more, as you know, about websites and e-commerce and digital marketing. But um, most of the things I've learned, we've learned, we've had to kind of learn the hard way. So the clothes have been tough, but now we are, we have hit the stride. Now they fit, you know, the quality's better. They're cuter. We've learned how to like do it. It's, it's great. I mean, you know, the product categories, um, you know, it's, it's very well, uh, you know, it's all well put together. I think I mentioned to you, um, you know, my, I introduced my wife to the brand. She's introduced many of her friends to the brand. We live in the, in the New Jersey area and almost all of them, you know, had not heard of natural life. So clearly an opportunity for you to grow the business. And, you know, it's, it sounds like in, in talking to you, digital is an important aspect. So talk a little bit about, you know, the channels with which you sell. You've got a, a, a website, but you also do some wholesale, right? Yes. We started off in wholesale. That's all I really knew how to do. And plus I was building natural life alongside of having my three daughters and, and raising them. I didn't even have a nanny or a babysitter. I just literally built natural life accidentally. I usually say um, alongside raising the girls and it was a slow growth because it was just more of a hobby than anything else. So over the years, we just would go to the trade shows and we would sell wholesale, but that's a, that, that was not the smartest thing to do because it literally was more like a hobby. I shouldn't have been going to these trade shows for as long as I was and writing orders to anyone that walked in my booth. So it took me a while. Only five years ago did I put together a program where you have to apply to carry natural life. So it was, it was kind of a, I don't know, a sloppy way to, to um, run the business with the hindsight that I know now because natural life got oversaturated in the wholesale market. Long story short, I, I didn't love the way that we looked in the different stores that would buy from us because we weren't like paying attention to who they were. So I, I naturally just wanted to just stop that um, and slow that part down and, and focus on ourselves and try to figure out 
So I opened a flagship store. I'm like, well, we should have our own stores because I know how to make those just heavenly, just like looks perfect. And so we made um, a flagship store and it was so beautiful and just, it create it just created the magic of natural life all in one place. But brick and mortar um, retail is tough. As you know, it, I just found like it was slow. So I, and at one point we thought we wanted to open lots of stores and thank goodness we didn't because of what's happened to the retail industry. Um, but I, I knew that we needed to focus on online sales. And so for wholesale and our B2C site, um, we stopped printing catalogs we, for the wholesale side. We let go of our reps. We had our five awesome account managers that know natural life so well, take care of our entire wholesale side. And it, our wholesale side is just completely humming. It's just going so well. Um, and we really wanted to have a site that brought our, our products to life more. So um, that's been a hard journey, but we did discover digital marketing and how easy it is to get our customers to come find us because that was the hard part. And that's what we thought we needed. You know, we needed sales reps. We needed to be in all these different stores. We needed to open stores. We needed to do a digital marketing you can do it from your kitchen table and we've been really good at it and you know we've had to learn it all and you've helped us with a lot of things and you have to have a website that connects it all which is incredibly hard everything from getting your data feeds right and um, understanding what all the terminology is and the technology and software and apps and we're still in the middle of learning all of that and I would say we are in I like to have analogies I would say we're maybe in middle school when it comes to <laughs> e-commerce and digital marketing, but we're fast learners. We've got a lot of scrappy people that love to learn. Um, and we'd like to, I like over the years have learned to learn from experts like you and other different consultants that we've been talking to, to try to get our website even better than it is now and, and understanding really how to manage the digital marketing side. But since COVID started, it's crazy what it's done to, online sales. I mean, our, we were worried that losing the wholesale sales would really hurt the company, but the, our B2C sales have more than made up for the loss of the wholesale sales. And then that's just all of our regular product. And then once it was announced that people had to wear face coverings, our number one selling product anyway was the Boho Bando. And so the Boho Bando is like a, kind of like a, a neck gaiter. We made it so that you can wear it in, as your as a headband. You can wear it like 20 different ways. And one of the ways is when you go skiing, you put it over your face so it covers your face from getting cold, which is also the perfect face covering. The sales for those have just like gone through the roof. Uh, and it's been quite a ride. And, you know, every week it's a little bit of a different story. Recently there was a an article, I'm sure you saw it, about how neck gaiters were not good to wear as face coverings. But then a couple of days ago, an, an article came out that said they are good to wear or that they are okay. So sales are kind of kind of going up and down when it comes to the boho bandos. But well, it's certainly better than not walking around with a mask. That's for sure. Yeah, and you sure look cute in them. <laughs> yeah, and you know, um, there's one. It's seemingly in everywhere I turn in my house now. So thank you for that. <laughs> and then you can wear it as a headband later. 
Yeah. And, you know, I, I think the, you know, the, the creative execution of, of those, the different designs is outstanding. You know, you, you mentioned um, something that I was going to ask about, you know, you have this creative head and, and, you know, most everything is coming through you and the team that you have, but you're also, you know, focused on the business side. You know, that's a little unusual. Um, you know, oftentimes, you know, I, I've spent my career in the fashion space, and, you know, you wind up with a lot of people who are, you know, the creatives, the merchants, they've never had a product that they designed that they didn't think was going to sell. And sometimes they didn't want to let the metrics help them drive their business. But it sounds like you do let metrics help drive you. Yes, because I look at the metrics as the customers. They're telling me what they want. And I love to make things that they want. So I'm all over that sales report and we use it to make more of what works and I, I call we expand what what is already working and then I call them flanks like I, I try to get behind the psychology of a product that is selling or a saying that is selling um, and I and I want to like make more like that so that's I know it sounds crazy but it's so fun for me to do that and it and I love like making more of what everyone loves and it just it works but believe it or not before when we were wholesale we could literally make whatever we wanted to make and bring it to the trade shows and then the buyers would have to put together whatever story made sense for their stores. And we can sell to, we can sell to the Tchotchke souvenir store all the way up to Nordstrom, the nicest stores in the, in the town likes natural life and the cheesiest ones do. So it's just crazy how, how broad our customer base is as far as the end consumer. It's, we usually say eight to 80 is the age of people that like it. And then, the price points right in the middle so people can afford it even in recession times you know there's we've never had a low year we've always had a growing sales um, every year even when when the economy is bad but um but believe it or not ever since we started to really focus on our b2c side we still don't have a full planning department um, together and since we're we're selling retail and we and we have seasonal product as far as clothes we have to do it more officially when you're a wholesaler, you can just order on demand. And then if, you know, people are still booking the order so you can, you don't lose that. And our, most right. of our products were year round. So you couldn't, um, you didn't really lose the sales, if that makes sense. Yeah. Where are you, where do you manufacture most of your product? I would say most of it is in Asia. And we also work in India and Colombia and America. That's an area we'd love to learn more. Like we want to source in more places, including more in, in America. The devil's in the details. You've probably heard that phrase time and time again in your professional life. Projects get started with great intentions, but you no longer have the time to pay attention to the little things that can make the difference between success and failure. At Details Interactive, you can discuss your business with a seasoned direct-to-consumer marketing executive who has helped launch and grow web businesses and integrate multi-channel marketing initiatives. Learn more at detailsinteractive.com. Let's talk about your leadership style. You know, you're, you're obviously, in my experiences working with you and, and talking to you, you're very engaged in the business. Um, you've got a strong team. Um, you, you've talked uh, with me about your team. What's your, what's your leadership style? How would they describe, you know, your engagement in the business? You know, no one's ever asked me that question. I would say that I'm, <laughs> I hope they don't say I'm crazy. You know, <laughs> I definitely have a lot of ideas and I don't want to ever get stuck in doing something just because 
we said we were going to do it. So I, people say that I change a lot, but it's because I'm driving towards like making natural life better. And I can see when we need to pivot or when we need to move to something different or, or to change what we're doing. I just remember the day, the meeting where I said, we need to stop printing wholesale catalogs and teach our wholesale customers to order online. And we need to build our own B2C website because I can tell that I don't want to go to the stores anymore. So if like, I don't like going to the malls anymore, I don't want to get in my car and go to the store and walk around and not find anything. I'd rather do it at home on my sofa. So I knew that that was coming. And I said that a few years ago, which obviously was probably happening well before then, but as a gift company to stop printing a wholesale catalog and to let go of the reps that would walk, that would drive around and, you know, sell to the different stores was a huge scary thing. And I had to tell my whole company that that's what we're doing. And no one agreed with me, but I'm so glad that we did because now we, it was easy to teach our retailers how to order online. They love our website, even though it's not even that good. And it's allowed us to focus more on product brand our website and grow our own retail business. And we can control what we look like. We can control what we show the customers and we see what they actually like versus just the buyers. You know, when you're, when you're looking at wholesale sales, it's just, it's a fewer amount of opinions when it's your retail site. I love knowing what everybody likes the most. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Do you, do you give thought to, you know, and, and I don't, you know, I know you're a, a private company, so I, I don't want, you know, to talk about, you know, sales numbers and all, but, you know, do you think about, you know, kind of the inflection point, you know, you were an entrepreneur, you started this business, you've had, you're having obviously great success. At what point do you feel like you need to become more formal? I, I was going to say more <laughs> professional, but that would, you know, oh I, my God, I, I'd love that you said that. That's so funny because like I crave being more professional and more formal and more for the last five years when we have had our little like strategic planning sessions, I always say, I mean, the number one goal is I just want to have our infrastructure built to where we have best practices and we have our org chart and our, which I call our bus, we have the right seats on the bus and the right people on the, in the seats. And that is just so hard for us that we are not good at that part. And I've tried to hire several executives. And that's one of, one of the things that we've failed um, at is trying to hire people to help us. You can't, I've learned that you can't just hire someone from a large company that seems to have a big title because they for sure haven't been in the weeds trying to set up infrastructure from nothing for a company that's growing faster than they can handle. So we're craving structure and professional, just more formal processes. And I, I will say that I have found somebody that's going to be coming on um, soon who's really, really good at everything I'm not that we are not good at. We are good at a lot of things, and that's why we are where we are, and that's why people love our product and our brand but the parts where we're not so good at, I found somebody and I can't say who it is, but he's going to be coming on um, later in the fall to help us um, set all that stuff up. And, and it, he's like, well, that's the easy part. You guys are doing the hard part. So we're so excited to have you know, just more help in that area because that part of um, my business definitely brings me down. And some of my key players brings us all down because we work so hard and um, we're just trying to, to not have to work so hard on that stuff. 
Yeah. Well, it's all about the product. I, I learned that a long time ago in, in, you know, in your, your to a large degree in the fashion business, it's all about the product. You can have all of the back office you want. You can even have great marketing, uh, but that's not going to make up for trying to sell products that people don't want. And, and clearly, you know, you're, you're bringing new introduction of product, you're making people smile. Um, and that's really the, the name of the game. Let's talk about the daily chirp. Um, how did that yeah. get started? What is it? Um, I look forward to receiving it every day. I love that. I love that you asked about that. So over the years, you know, I've, I've been running the social media. I don't anymore. I have a little team that helps me, but I love being able to post every single morning some art with an inspirational message that would inspire people. So all of the, all of the messages that you see on our products and in our social media and our, in our chirps um, are words that I've found that are speaking to me in my personal life. And I give them to my artists and I give them inspiration of what looks that I like. And so I have set five artists that literally make art with the sayings that I've found that speak to me, which become the natural life messaging. Um, and then I provide different inspirations that I find all over the world of the looks that I like. And that's why all of our products look so good together because they've all been designed through this lens. And so, and the artists have gotten so good at making our look. So over the years I've been, I've been putting that little inspirational message on Facebook and, and Instagram. And then I found myself like struggling because there's not enough time in the day to then um, art direct for product development, art direct for the emails that we're putting together. So I said, wait, 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 let's pull this all together. Let's have our customers tell us what they like the most, which, which designs and which do they like the most. So we would use those morning posts because you can tell like which ones get the most likes or the most comments. So I use that artwork on our products. And then with the emails, I was driving, I was going crazy with them because I didn't like, I hate Sally stuff. And I didn't like a lot of the emails that were being presented to me. I'm like, let's just not do that and just inspire people instead. Let's take what's worked so well on our social media and put it in our emails and have that inspiring quote. I don't even care if we have product in there. Let's just put that, send them every day, like an inspirational message. And I said, we can call it something because I don't want to call it our social media posts. So one day we sat around and said, what should, what should we call it? What should we call it? And I came up with the chirp and we call it the daily chirp. So now it's become our email program and we will put things underneath the chirp, all those little artworks in the morning with the sayings that we've created. We call them our morning chirps in social media or an email. The best part about it is we tell our customers, let us know which ones you like and we'll put them on our products. And sometimes we'll get messages from a chirp in the morning and they'll say, what do you, do you have this on a product yet? And we say, no, not yet. We use our chirps to, to figure out what you guys like. And if you really like it, then we'll know and we'll put it on product. So that now they've learned that the good ones go on product and they're, and they love commenting and telling us what they like. And it's been such a fun thing because it takes it takes a load off me too, because then I don't have to art direct the product to look good. Cause I don't want to make product I don't like. I want to love it. So I like make sure that the chirps look good by choosing the right words and by helping the artist find the right look. And then the customers tell us which ones they like the most. And that's what we use on our product. So we put them on everything from t-shirts to coffee mugs to anything you can think of that um, can hold words. We'll put it on. Um, and it's been so much easier 
And that's only been happening for like a year and a half or so. And now the chirp is kind of becoming a household name for at least our customers. Yep. They're great. And, uh, you know, I've been copying the images and posting them on my Facebook page and uh, it's incredible, um, you know, the, uh, the interactions uh, that I've seen. So keep up uh, that good work. I, I want to save some time here as we get towards the end of the show. Um, you know, you have something that you call out on your site as an ambassador program, but you talk about it as it's not the traditional ambassador program. There's a number of initiatives that you guys are supporting. So can you take a, a minute or two and talk about how natural life gives back? Yes. Okay. Well, we get so many messages and I didn't really, I mean, I didn't really want an ambassador program, but when we started getting like, when you get tons and tons of messages every single day, can I sign up for your ambassador program? You know, we're like, we don't really have that. But, and then when I would look at some of these other ambassador programs and look at some of the pages in the, of the girls that are trying to be ambassadors, I'm like, I want them to be better than that. So so we say we don't have that kind of ambassador program, but actually we love to highlight girls and women out there in the world making the, making the world a better place and doing things that make a difference. And we send those people happy boxes full of treasures and we don't want you to post about it. We just want, we want to post about the girls and women doing awesome things way more than the opposite. So it just felt better to have an answer to the people saying, do you have an ambassador program? No, but we do have this program where, you know, if you're doing awesome things in the world, we'd love to share products with you. And so we, so our program is like where you can nominate someone, you can nominate yourself too, but we want to, we want to find the people that are doing cool, awesome things and then treat them. They deserve it more than someone who just has a lot of following. So our growth has all come from people loving our product and sharing it naturally. And that feels way better to have a program like that. And then if we are going to share ambassador or, you know, people, you know, using our product or whatever, usually they're, you know, they're the ones making um, a difference in the world and we're sharing their stories. And we, this is a fairly new program that we just got off the ground and we have a, you know, we still have a lot to do to make it better. But so far, I mean, we love reading the stories of what people are doing and, you know, sometimes you get stories like the other day, a girl said, I want to nominate, you know, this girl because I'm really struggling. I don't have any friends. And she saw how hard life was for me. And she, she did this, this, and this for me. And it was just like one girl to another girl. And, and so we wanted to send both of them a happy box because they're both, you know, I don't know. So we like, we like helping people more than we like selling things. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I was really impressed uh, when I looked at it. I, I saw, I read some of the stories and you know some of the other programs that you're involved in, fearless uh, related to anxiety disorders and and some of these other things. So it's it's wonderful that you guys are using your voice and the profits and just your compassion for for others. Um, it seems very very true and very honest. So kudos to you and the and the team. You know, I, I could spend all day talking to you. Um, you know, I, I find know, the, the entrepreneurial so story uh, so interesting. It's it's great to to hear that, and and in the conversations we had, you know, the the fact that uh, you know you have this desire to get more professional and more organized, mm -hmm. and um, I'm I'm glad that you're heading in that direction. So good for you. Yeah. Thank you. So as we wind down. Yeah, you're welcome. I have this uh, two-minute drill uh, that I like to quickly go through, um, quick answers to a few questions, and uh, I'm going to start right now, okay? Okay. 
All right. A brand that you admire or that inspires you? I'm so picky, Mark. I don't like very many brands, but I would have to say right now, I really like Natalie Martin, August the Label, and Frida Salvador. Okay. Three that I have never heard of, but- They're little brands. I like little little ones that are so creative. I, I just not, I'm not a real brand person. I like creative people making cool things. Well, somewhere down the road, people will answer that question and say that Natural Life is the <laughs> brand that they admire. Oh, um, a, fa a favorite app on your telephone? The newest app that I like is Mirror because I bought one of those exercise mirror things. I've only done it twice. Yeah. That's my new favorite app. And then my old favorite app is Instagram because that's where I can really connect with all the customers and read what they're saying and share different things. All right. The last website other than Amazon or Natural Life that you've shopped from? I bought a beautiful new dress from August the Label. Okay, well, I'll have to check that out now. Mm -hmm. uh, not for me, of course. Something that you're good, not good at, but that you wish that you were? Exercising, maybe, and uh, dog training. <laughs> well, now that you have the mirror, you'll be uh, even better at exercising. I don't know. It's just kind of hanging out, so I need to get busy doing that. <laughs> uh, a charitable organization that you're passionate about? I have so many. I, I love supporting anyone and everyone doing awesome things, but I feel like... I don't have just one, so I can't even just mention one, but mm -hmm. the ones that are helping girls and women reach their full potential are my favorite. So all the ones that we're involved in, the bigger ones, they're just grassroots people just working hard to make the world a better place. And um, when, it, when I stumble upon an organization that I can really like, it's when they become close to the heart because it maybe touches different things in my family. I, I love um, getting involved with those. I'm on several boards, um, helping them. And then I also just love to support individuals trying to make, you know, trying to do something for whatever is close to them. And, um, but that's kind of a long answer, but I, I love all of them. That's great. If you had one superpower, what would it be? Knowing what I don't know. Probably okay. always good. Always good to be introspective. That's, uh, you know, I tell folks that, you know, are interested in me working with them, you know, from a consulting basis, you know, when they come to me and they say, geez, we don't know what we don't know. I know that's going to be the best working uh, relationship. So that, that's great. And then lastly, other than your family, what's your most prized possession? Probably natural life. Okay. Well, that's a great possession. Patty, this has been great. Where can people reach out to you on social media if they uh, want to connect with you? Um, probably the best place is Instagram. And I, I'm always on the Natural Life Instagram. And then my personal Instagram is Natural Life Patty. And I would love to hear from people. That's it. Today's game ball goes to Patty Hughes for coming on the Marketing Playbook. To me, today's three game-winning marketing plays were as follows. Number one, businesses must be ready to pivot. Patty spoke about how aggressive they were at the beginning with wholesale in their own retail stores. She felt like she wanted more control over the story of her brand, so moving away from allowing others to tell that story worked for them. Also, moving away from running their own retail has seemingly worked well as they pivoted heavily to an online business. Number two, your hobby can become your business. Oftentimes, entrepreneurs cannot move from a hobby to a livelihood, but Patty's been able to do so. It's come with its associated challenges, how to get more professional and formal. As you grow, you simply must have the discipline to put process and procedure in place. 
You need this to not only run your business, but to keep employees from getting frustrated. And number three, storytelling is crucial. Natural Life has a look and a story, and they spend lots of time building the story of what they believe. They are true to the types of products they sell and the look of those products. Cultivate your story, talk about it often in all communication channels, and continue to evolve it. Thank you, Playbook Marketers, for listening to another episode. If you want to check out more pages of the Marketing Playbook, make sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast spot and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow us on Twitter at Details Interact and learn more at DetailsInteractive.com. Until next time, the devil is in the details. Yeah.